Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We start the show talking about Subway Series Game 1 and really the Max Scherzer angle. And you just heard Pat Boyle in his five-minute update there play the cut from Max Scherzer where Scherzer was at first saying, center me up, put the camera on me, it's my fault, I take the blame. And in the same breath says, you know, we, we all got to be better. We win as a team, we lose as a team. No, 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 which one is it, Max? Which one is it? Are you taking the blame or are you saying everybody's got to play better? We understand everybody's got to play better, but this one is on you. Matter of fact, and this pains me to do because I do love Max Scherzer. This whole thing is on Max Scherzer. Dating back to last year, the reason why the Mets lost the division, Max Scherzer. The reason why the Mets lost the wild card round, Max Scherzer. The reason why the Mets are nine and a half games back or whatever it is in the NL East right now. The reason why the Mets are under 500, five games under 500 to be exact, Max Scherzer. He is the number one culprit for why this team is where it is this year, why it ended where it did last year. Obviously, there are other factors. Francisco Lindor has not been very good at all this year. He's a factor, and while the Mets have struggled, Justin Verlander hasn't been good. But Scherzer now has been the key for two years. And while he was good last season until the end, in the biggest spots, which is the reason the Mets are paying him $43 million, he failed. The excuse was injuries last year. The excuse to start this year was injuries. He wasn't healthy. Then he started to turn the corner, looked good, said he was healthy, and blew a 4-1 lead in Atlanta. Unacceptable. Even worse, not that the loss was worse, but even worse than blowing a 4-1 lead in Atlanta, blowing a 5-1 lead against a depleted Yankee lineup. This game was won. That's it. The Mets offense did what they had to do. Five runs in the first three innings against that Yankees offense. You Max Scherzer 
your ace, you got to put that away. And he didn't. He gave it right back immediately and couldn't even get out of the fourth inning. Max Scherzer is done. It's over. There's no more, eh, maybe he could. No, it's over. This was the nail in the coffin. If you had any doubts, and I I thought he was done a few weeks back, and then he started to turn the corner and was consistent and started to look like his old self again. I was thinking, what a fool I am burying Max Scherzer. How could I possibly do that to the guy I love? And now I'm seeing why I was smart enough to do that weeks ago. Because he is done. There's no more, let's see next start. Well, maybe this time he'll get it going. Around. No. How could you ever? And look, it's not that he stinks. It's just that it's over for him. He's finished. He doesn't have He's not the same guy. I'm not knocking the signing. It was the right signing. I said it at the time. I'd stand by it. I think the Mets made the right move. They had to make that move. It's just unfortunate. I'd make the move again. It was the right move. It's just unfortunate it didn't work out. And remember, Scherzer was 37 when the Mets signed him. Not 40. Verlander, a little bit of a different story. And I'm not saying Verlander is done. He's been inconsistent. He hasn't been very good. But I'm not ready to write him off just yet. Scherzer, however, is finished. If you can't comfortably give him the ball with a 4-1, a 5-1 lead, then it's over. And that's where we're at. He's no different than Tyler McGill or David Peterson. And that's why the Mets are done this year overall. That's why they're not going anywhere. They may make the postseason. But they're not going anywhere, even if they do. Because the argument is going to be, oh, Scherzer, Verlander. No. Well, that whole plan has blown up. It blew up last year with Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett. And Billy Epler doubled down on this now flawed philosophy with Verlander and Scherzer. And it's just not working. Scherzer's the main culprit. And I I usually like him for being accountable, and he was halfway accountable. You know, I think Scherzer needs to do the right thing after the year and decline that option because he's got the player option that he could pick up for $40 or whatever it is for the year for that third year to kick in. He should do right by Steve Cohen, who treated him well, and decline it. Now, he's not going to, but that's what he should do because he has not earned his contract. You don't generally give back money. You know what? He doesn't deserve it. He's been terrible, and he's the reason why there's no hope for this Mets season. I do think the bats at some point will pick it up. Like I said, six runs should be enough. And a 5-1 lead should be enough. And for some reason, this Mets team that continues to get get leads continues to blow them. Even with, you know, four games now, they've had three-run lead or more. And they've blown them, all three against the Braves and now the Yankees. And in three of those four games, Verlander and Scherzer were on the mound. It just can't happen. Obviously, Lindor, as we said, came up in big spots. Yet again, he failed. Yet again, so that story continues with him just having a disastrous year three. 
And even Brandon Nemo making an error, although they didn't call it an error. Somehow they called it a double, but I've been watching baseball my whole life. I know the difference between an error and a double. And that was an error by Brandon Nimmo. The Mets continue to beat themselves. It's something they didn't do at all last year. Getting beat is one thing. Beating yourselves is another. And Nimmo knew it. He was wearing it once he missed that. You could see it on his face. But it was a costly error or mistake. Because if the Mets do any one of those three things that we mentioned, Scherzer doing his job protecting a lead, Lindor coming through with a big hit, or just putting the bat on the ball, maybe driving a run with a sack, whatever. Do something. Or Brandon Nemo catching a ball that I'm pretty confident in saying I could have got to. Yeah, I might have had to go down on my knees and get that one, but I could have gotten it. Any one of those three things happen, maybe the Mets win this game. And that's the difference of the 101-win team we saw a year ago and this team that is five games under 500 at the moment. But if there's one culprit, you guys want to get caught up in Billy Epler or Buck Showalter, I mean, that's ridiculous. Just not paying attention. Max Scherzer is the number one culprit. 877-337-6666. From the Yankees' perspective, Luis Severino continues to throw batting practice, so he's a bit of an issue. I didn't have any problem with Aaron Boone leaving him in for the fifth inning, even though he, you know, uh, two outs in that uh, fifth inning there with Guillaume coming up and the tying run at second. Uh, Boone was ready to make the move to Marinaccio, or Marinaccio, and he did not. He stuck with Severino, and Severino... Gave up the base, hit the tie of the game, then Boone went and got him. I have no problem with that. What I'd rather see, though, is Boone be consistent now with this, letting starters try to figure it out. Let the starters try to figure it out. Not every time, but most times. Just be consistent. Don't be taking guys out after 80 pitches if you're going to leave Severino in struggling to throw 104. Be consistent with it. Although that bullpen, which he normally can't wait to get into, continues to be the best in Major League Baseball. You had, you know, what, six guys being used out of the Yankees' pen, and the Yanks' uh, bullpen, once again, did not allow a run. Also had big performances offensively from D.J. LeMayu with a big two-run homer, and Anthony Volpe, who gets credited with a couple of hits, but really it should have just been the one hit. But he did look better at the plate anyway, overall. Yanks get the win, 7-6, in Game 1 out at City Field. 877-337-6666. Adam is in Roslyn. What's up, Adam? Hey, Sal. I don't really know where to start, but I guess uh, I agree with everything that you said other than that they shouldn't have actually signed Scherzer to begin with. But I think starting at the top of the house from Steve Cohen to Epler to Buck, um, this thing has been such a debacle from day one I feel like we need – the only thing that works with the Mets is the booth. I feel like we need Ra- Gary, Keith, and Ron to be making some decisions here. I mean, going back to his strategy of spending $43 million on 40-year-olds, and I like what they've done with the lineup, honestly. I don't really understand why this lineup hasn't been better. But the bullpen is a mess. Scherzer-Verlander strategy did this last year is a mess. Buck and his – and his attitude starting with when they got swept by the Braves of not taking that a little bit more seriously and starting to focus immediately on the playoffs when that season was over, when really on that Sunday when Bassett couldn't come through after the ground and Scherzer couldn't come through. And now coming into this season with just a mess, and I get the Diaz situation, with just really a mess of a bullpen and this whole kind of, I don't know, this same strategy of just 
hey, we're going to rely on two 40-year-olds to save our season and to save our team. This franchise needs to change its ways. I think Billy Epler coming from the Angels, I think that's kind of, you know, backpedaling and starting with the Mets going back two years ago. You need to think about the Braves outfoxing us every single year, every single player, every single contract. You need to think about what the Rays do. I mean, it's just we are talking about two sides of a very different coin, losers and winners, and the Mets need to figure it out and start with Steve Cohen, and he's got to figure it out. Billy Epler's got to go. Buck's got to go, and they need to blow this up and start over. I'll talk well, to you. you got to catch the train, Sal. Well, okay, thanks, Adam. I was going to hang up on you anyway. So I do the hanging up. You don't hang up on me. I hang up on you. Thank you for calling. Now, there's a lot there that you just got into, and I think it's ridiculous that you would even end it by saying fire Buck and fire Epler. That, to me, shows that you don't know what you're talking about. That's number one. Anybody who says that at this particular point doesn't know what they're talking about. Fire Buck and fire Epler. It makes zero sense. One thing that you did say that I did like was dating back to last year's Brave Series. If you remember the feel of last year, the Mets were confident. The Mets were having fun. The Mets were playing good baseball all year long, keeping the Braves in second place the majority of the year. Even though the Braves caught up to them, it wasn't like the Mets collapsed. They didn't. That narrative was ridiculous. They didn't collapse. The Braves caught them. But then the Mets overtook them again. And they showed some toughness. And the Mets were were playing from ahead all year long. And they were thriving in doing so. You know, the same Billy Epler that built this team, the same Buck Showalter, they won 101 games. However, it was all playing from ahead until they got steamrolled in Atlanta. They got hit like they didn't know what was coming. And I really, truly believe they never recovered from that. And I I even think Buck probably got caught up in that a little bit, thinking that his team was going to at least win a game. And they got swept. And I think it just happened so fast that it all went away just like that, that they didn't know what hit them. And they lost their confidence as a team. And they had a chance to gain it back. Forget the wild card last year because that was done once that Brave series happened. They had a chance to start to gain some of it back this year in Atlanta. Because the only way you gain that confidence back after getting beat so badly by one particular team is to what? Go beat that team. Go beat that freaking team. And they had an opportunity to do so. And what happened? Again, they got swept, even after having those three three three-run leads, which shows you, and to me it confirmed, but it should show everybody there was a carryover from a year ago. The Braves are in their heads. And now they doubt themselves against everybody on top of Lindor just not performing, and I think Lindor really is putting too much pressure on himself. He's not having fun. They need to loosen up and have some fun, and they're not doing that. That's number one. But Max Scherzer just doesn't have it anymore. What are you supposed to do if a guy just doesn't have it anymore? You move on. That's it. They got to figure it out. Now they're stuck with Scherzer, and he's going to pitch every fifth day as long as he's healthy. But he's done. So if he's done, this team was built on the backs of Scherzer and Verlander. If at least one half of that, it might be both of them, But if at least one half of that is done, 
Guess what? So are they. Lewis is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Louie? Hey, how's it going, Sal? All right. So I want to talk about the Mets real quick. And it feels like we're in purgatory this season. I feel like they're they're not – I don't want to throw in the towel, but no matter where we go, I always feel like there's another climb. We get over one mountain, we have that eight-game winning streak, and then all of a sudden they forget how to play baseball. Uh, To bring it back to Sunday against the Pirates, uh, an inning that I think sums up the season. They go down, I believe it's the eighth inning, they're down 2-1. You got Jeff McNeil up, he swings at the first pitch, he gets an out. Lindor gets into a good count and ends up with a 3 on count and grounds out the shortstop. And then you have the five-hitter, Bam, which is, uh, every time I see him in the five-hole, I, I just want to cry. He swings at the first pitch, and with, within seven, eight pitches, the inning's over. Uh, coming back now with the Yankee game, so much chances, bases loaded, like you said earlier. Lindor's up, he's striking out. Marte's up, and he's striking out. If Buck Showalter can just get these guys and start playing small ball again, I love Buck, but he's, I just don't think he's lighting a fire that he needs to under this team. And I know that's not his personality, but especially in New York, I think you need someone that can light a fire under this team that desperately needs a spark. I mean, but what do you mean by light a fire? What do you want him to do? No, I mean, I don't know what his – I know he's good in the clubhouse. And I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, though. Like, I'm, I'm curious. What do you mean? You want him to yell at the team? He had the closed door meeting. Like, what, what do you? I'm, I'm not being facetious here. I'm actually asking, what do you want Buck Showalter to do to light that fire? I would like him, and you're right. I mean, I don't want him to come out and yell at the team. I know that's not him. I know there was that closed door meeting, and whatever was said, apparently the team, the team actually liked what he said. I forgot that what report came out that said that. Uh, that they said that. But I think I think more from the stance of letting maybe Vientos play or maybe, you know, I know Lindor sat the other day, but maybe, you know, switching the lineup just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that's see, that's fair, Louis, and thank you for the call. If you want to say that Vientos should be playing a little bit more, uh, I, I like the fact that I'm glad he finally came around to sitting – Daniel Vogelback, hopefully we never have to see him uh, again on the field. Well, we never saw him on the field to begin with, but you know what I mean, like in the batter's box even. I don't want to see him. I'd rather not see him in uniform, or at least not in a Mets uniform. But you get the point. Vientos should be playing every day if he's here. He's not. Buck doesn't like him. There, there's clearly some kind of disconnect happening right in front of us with Buck and with Epler because there's no way you can tell me Buck Showalter, a guy who knows more baseball than anybody in that Mets organization. You know, Buck Showalter is the Danielle McCartan of the Mets, right? Like, Danielle knows more. What was it? She's better prepared than anybody here at the fan. Well, Buck is more prepared and knows more than anybody in the Mets organization. There's no way that you can tell me that Buck thought playing Daniel Vogelback is a good idea, which means that the front office was pushing that on him, which means now that Buck is saying, basically, I'm not doing this anymore because he was taking the blame for running Vogelback out there in the lineup. And now, since then, you've seen what? Vogelback hasn't been out there. What do you think? Buck all of a sudden figured out, you know what? You guys are right. He doesn't have it. Or did Buck know it the whole time but was having Vogelback being forced on him? 
So there's some kind of disconnect with Epler and Buck Showalter going on. And even the idea of Vientos being on the team. Where, you know, Vientos, if he's going to be here, should be playing every day. And Buck refused to do so. Now, I don't think Vientos is that good, but I know that Vogelback isn't that good. So how are those guys stealing a bat from Vientos? You know, Vogelback and Can is okay, but and Fam was okay. But these, again, these guys are, you, you know what they are. They're part-time players. We don't know what Vientos is just yet. Anyway, I don't. I think the idea of firing Buck or Epler is just ludicrous. It makes no sense. It's a down year. It happens. Uh, could Buck be better this year? Absolutely. I think Buck has had a bad year, a down year, but he knows how to manage. I don't know what lighting that fire would be, though. You want him to yell at guys? I mean, is he gonna? Does he need to light a fire under Max Scherzer? I don't think so. Max Scherzer is fired up as they come. He's just done. Buck got his team to get out to a 5-1 lead over the Yankees. He's managing that team. Hand the ball to Max Scherzer. You got to win that game. And it's not on Buck that Scherzer gave it all up. The players aren't getting it done. Lindor has been terrible. Maybe that's one area where Buck has got to be able to get through to Lindor. The way that he did a year ago, if we gave Buck credit for Lindor and his turnaround a year ago, he's got to be able to get through to this guy and just let him loosen up a little bit. Relax. Have some fun. Buck has alluded to this, saying our guys have that want to. They got that want to. Maybe a little too much. They care. They care. They care a little too much. Stop putting pressure on yourselves. Relax. Have fun. Stop listening to social media or sports talk or whatever. Go play the game. You're better than this. I'm sure he's given him plenty of messages and trying to get the point across. It just hasn't gotten across to this team yet. Or they're just not good enough. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. is the number to call. Going on 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. 
Uh, I'm almost on 24 hours uh, awake. I woke up yesterday to do the morning show around 4. I did have a little 40-minute nap um, before this show. So outside of that 40-minute nap, I've been, I've been going for 24 hours. I'm on fumes at this point. And my voice is shot. I don't know if you can hear it, but I feel it. 877. You know, oh, right. right. I feel like Max Scherzer. Exactly. At least I know when I'm shot. Trying to plow through. It's like me getting through the fifth inning, getting on five o'clock. Come on, Max. They gave you the lead. Not terribly disappointing for Max Scherzer. And again, he's had the right attitude. It was the right guy to bring in. I love the move initially. I stand by the move for the Mets. I think it was the right acquisition. It just hasn't worked out. It happens. Sometimes the right moves can have the wrong results. And that's what's gone on with Max Scherzer. You can't tell me that. Max Scherzer is anywhere close to what he once was when he's given a 5-1 lead against a depleted Yankee lineup in the only last three and a third innings, even up six earned runs. I mean, it's over. He's pitching to a 4.4 ERA, and it's actually been worse than that, it feels like. Eric is calling from Ron Conkama. What's up, Eric? Hey, good morning, Sal. I was going to ask you how you're doing as far as you sleep, but you just answered that question. But look, I, I got two things before I get to the match. First off, $150 for cornhole bags? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, Jerry was I mean, saying I, that. Well, I, I, Jerry's the professional, like, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I hundred, can you imagine? I mean, I don't even know. I've never bought uh, bought a uh, cornhole set or anything like that, but 150 yeah. bucks for bags, professional bag. Come on, dude. You could probably find some for, where you get like eight for a buck or something. Well, I mean, it's not quite that cheap, but I mean, but yeah, that's... Uh, uh, well, it's it, a bean it, bag. It's, yeah, right, right. A, I know. Don't they have them in a dollar oh, store yeah. or something? Come on. Yeah, I, I almost fell off my uh, chair when I heard that. Uh, and, and also, too, you had you had my wife rolling yesterday when you when you were talking about the you know the stuff with the, the uh, with Maddox and uh, going in the backyard and whatever. So, but the but the oh, thing is, oh man, the, you don't even know the yeah, half. That, I, so so yeah. yesterday or I guess today it's still. And I'll let you finish your call here in a second, but. So I was, I've been out of the house basically the entire day yesterday and my wife had to take her car for a service because of course these damn sensors on the car, the tire sensors, they're not working, I'm like, you got to take it in. Yeah, yeah you got to take it in. So she goes to take it in. She comes, so you got to drop the baby off of my mom's house. She goes to take the car in. They're like, we don't know what's going on. We can't figure this out. They give her a rental car. She comes home and Maddox, poor thing, has a little bit of a sick stomach and she noticed that there are... Oh. You know, Maddox was going to the bathroom all over the freaking house. And oh I'm getting texts as I'm, you know, finishing up the show. I got, you know, I finished the, the the one show in the morning. Then I got the SNY show at 6. And all throughout the day, I'm getting texts like, this is not right. I can't handle this by myself. He's going all over the place. you got to throw out these carpets now. I have to clean up. The car isn't I'm handling. The, and I'm like, I, I did feel genuinely bad. But, like, what do you want me to do? I'm in the city all freaking day. I'm like... So I haven't even seen her or the baby or the dog. Uh, but anyway, it was uh, not a good day yesterday at, at the household that uh, I was not at. Anyway, continue. Well, you know what? Actually, I got I got some good stuff for you to use that we, we use when, when my cat gets sick on the carpet. Uh, we got this great stuff that cleans it up. So I'll drop it off here. That the, um, but but anyway, you know, but the thing is, when, when you mentioned the thing with the, uh, you know, about what you don't want to do anymore, you know, on the weekends or whatever. The, but at, at that point, my wife turned and looked, gave me a look, and I'm like, "What's the matter?" And he's, she's like, "He sounds like you." I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go." Well, look, so. I speak <laughs> the truth. 
I mean, people think it's harsh. People may not want to hear it. Oh, my God, how could she? How, how did your wife deal with you? Nobody wants to right. do half the crap that we have to do. Right. Come on now. It's ridiculous. We're wasting too much time. I was thinking about this driving home this morning or last night, whatever. The, the, the issue that I have is we need one more day. Because if we had a yes. four days work, three days off, then you well, can have yeah. one day for me, one day for my wife, and one day together. Yeah. Then we have a nice, happy balance because already my wife's saying, and, and see, this is where she guilts me into stuff. Because of this day that she had yesterday, she's like, I need a Saturday out with my friend. You didn't tell me you're trying to book up the summer or whatever, these, all these dates. I'm, I'm t- telling her the dates. We want to hang out with Jerry and his wife, and we're going over different things. And she's like, I need a Saturday night to go out with my friend. And I was like... All right, fine. But then if she goes out with her friend on Saturday, guess what that means? I'm on daddy duty. So now one of those yeah. days is already chewed up. So then if Sunday I want to do something for me, then we lose the time together. We need a third day. One for me, one for her, one for us together. That's the only way we could survive. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't even get that day. So I get it. Believe me. That's, uh, but uh, look, uh, getting on the mess. I mean, uh, you know, I've said to you in, in the past that I have not like the yeah, build up all around the pitching, uh, you know, the mindset of, of everything. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's, it's, it's what's going on with Scherzer is just part of the problem. I mean, it, there's just something going on with the with the team this year that's just not clicking. Whatever. I mean, like you said, I mean, I mean, last year, how many comebacks did they have uh, to to win the game? Even just in the first month of the season last year. Yeah, I mean, well, they've done that maybe twice already so far half the season this year. Right. I mean, they're just – there's no uh, – I'm not sure if resiliency is the right word for it this year. Last year they were very resilient, but there's, there's just something missing in it, and, it, and it's surrounding the whole team. Now, it's I, guts. I can't put – I want to use a different word, but I'm going to try to keep it clean here at 440 in the morning. Yeah, no, right, it's God's right. data. They're soft. They are a soft team that never recovered from getting swept in Atlanta. That is it. That's what's missing. They had that confidence last year until they got popped in the mouth. They never recovered, and now they don't believe in themselves as a team. That's exactly what is happening because it's basically the same talent. So would they forget how to play? Yeah, well, okay. So here, here's a Rocky reference for you. Do you remember when, when uh, Rocky's trying to train for a club of length for the rematch, and they're going through everything, and he stops running on the beach, you know, with Apollo, and then the, he and Adrian have that speech, and Rocky's like, "I don't believe in myself no more because he got beaten." I mean, it reminds me of that. You know, now how they turn it around, I don't know. Okay, because you know Adrian's not around to, you know, she's already gone in the movies, and we can't do that uh, whole scenario. Mm. But uh, I mean, it's the same kind of reference, you know. Some, you know, they got beaten, you know, knocked to their knees or, or out or however you want to put it. And to your point, they haven't gotten back. But I, I just want to shift to Drew Smith real quickly. You know, uh, I wasn't aware that they checked the pitches when they first come out as well. But you know what? I'm I'm sorry. They they got to adjust this, you know, checking up with the sticky stuff a little bit here because you know, not not for nothing. I, I know the reason why they brought it in initially because a couple of years, three, like three years ago, they had that monster first half of the season where there was a ton of no hitters and whatever, and they, they wanted to. Sh- they thought it was too much of an advantage for the pitchers. But boy, I'll tell you, they, they, there's so much more negative, I think, towards the pitchers getting caught and having to serve that that ten game suspension than there ever was on the, on the hitters side. Uh, of getting caught, you know, doing something on their side. It's just 
seems like it happens more often, you know, with the pitchers, and, and it's very subjective. I mean, you know, if last night was humid, how do we know that that didn't, you know, uh, skew the, the the feeling of the hands? You know, well, for I'm not saying Drew Smith was uh, was guilty or not, but I'm just saying that the you know, how do we know that the umpire's hands aren't a little tacky? There's no doubt the key word there, Eric, and thank you for the call as always. The key word there is it's subjective, and that is not something that should be subjective. What's the rule? What is the rule? It can't just be, hey, uh, Joey, did you touch his hand? Eh, it feels sticky to me. I don't know. What about you, Henry? Oh, it's, it looks the stickiest thing I've ever felt. All right, you're out of here. 10-game suspension. Like, what? And I don't know how come the, I guess, MLB officials or whatever they call them down in the clubhouse, Drew Smith said they didn't feel anything or see anything. It, it can't be subjective to where these umps are just deciding with the touch of the hand that it's too sticky. It makes no sense. Baseball's got to come up with a rule. Ron Darling talked about it during the broadcast saying maybe they could do something in regards to a spin rate. If you see a spin rate significantly increasing to an abnormal level, Maybe then you could throw them out. Scherzer referenced that same exact thing after the game. Now, I don't like Drew Smith, and I'm glad he's going to be off the team for 10 days. Now, I know it hurts them. They don't have a, you know, they play a man short for 10 days, but Drew Smith stinks. I, 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 I wish they could have, it could have been a suspension and a transfer to another team. But unfortunately, it's not the case. Anyway, aside from my disdain for Drew Smith, and by the way, it's nothing personal. Seems like a nice enough kid. He just stinks at his job. But, Aside from that, it's subjective, and it shouldn't be. Baseball needs to figure this rule out with this sticky stuff. Daniel is calling from Elmont, New York. What's up, Daniel? Uh, good morning, sir. How you doing? Good, Daniel. How are you? Pretty good. I uh, just want to talk about uh, Scherzer yesterday, I mean, and also uh, Drew Smith. I'll start with Scherzer. Um, I mean, he had a 5-1 lead, to be honest with you, and, I, and then I, he, he doesn't have it anymore, like you said before, and and I, they, I, I can see they, they want, they, they wanted to go older with the pitching with Verlander and him, but he, he tried to cheat back, back, back in, uh, you know, back in April, in my opinion, with the sticky stuff. Now they got Drew Smith, you know, do, doing something. That I, I mean, enough is enough, honestly. It's just, it's ridiculous. Well, what do you want to do? I mean, I, what, what do you mean? You, you're, you're saying that Scherzer helped Drew Smith cheat? That's what I'm thinking. That's my honest opinion. No, I mean, I, well, you're entitled to your opinion, Daniel, and thank you for the call. I don't think one had to do with the other. I do think Max knew what he was doing prior to his suspension. I think he was mixing the substances that he's had success mixing before and was probably trying to get an edge, try to get away with it. Uh, I don't believe that that's a part of why he's now done. Maybe it is. I mean, at least it would make some sense. You're explaining, you know, you, you have a reason to why he's fallen off other than just the age. And, you know, the age thing even at 37, 38, is it really that old? Like, Verlander at least at 40, but yeah, he's 40 years old. I mean, it's a difference of, you know, a couple of years here. But I'm not accusing Scherzer of cheating long-term. I'm also not saying that he's been a bad influence on Drew Smith and has applied the sticky stuff to him. Like, you've got to be... I don't think these guys are doing anything on purpose. I think they're trying to get a grip on the baseball in whatever legal way they think. And in this particular case, the umps checked before he came into the game. Maybe they were tipped off to something. I have no idea. 
but they deemed his hand too sticky. See ya. But I'm not blaming Max Scherzer for this. I'll blame everything else on Scherzer. Last year's division, last year's playoff exit, this year's failures. That's all on Scherzer. I'm not blaming him for Drew Smith getting caught with some sicky stuff. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Now we're kind of back on the game. A little 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. We'll finish up with your calls. Subway Series been the theme tonight. Why not? Game one, Max Scherzer got lit up. Yankees get the win. They'll be looking for the sweep tonight. Prime pitching matchup with Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander out at City Field. Brett is calling from Long Island. What's up, Brett? Hey, Sal. Let's get the four quick ones. First, um, I've done a handful of uh, 24-hour work shifts, and uh, to try it home is brutal. Uh, definitely be careful on that one. I always have that energy drink. I just sip it. Because I do want to get to sleep when I get home, so I just take a few sips. And uh, I don't know, I mean, my eyes are closing on the way home. I don't know how long your drive is, but mine's about 20 minutes, and it's it's brutal, you know? You know, my, no, so mine's about a 30-second walk upstairs because I actually drove home last night after SNY. I got home around 1 because that exact reason. I figured I wanted to save my life and, and not risk falling asleep at the wheel driving home you know, on more than 24 hours uh, being awake. So I appreciate that concern, and you're right. Sometimes you do need that uh, that little kick to help you, but I, I should be good to, to be able to get up the stairs after we're done here. All right, well played. And the second thing is uh, today's my birthday. I get home later, blow out the candles. I'll be wishing for the Giants to win a Super Bowl this year. So that should come you true. Should be, you should be wishing for Saquon Barkley to be back long term, but happy birthday, <laughs> Brett. Thank you, sir. And then the third thing, quick, is uh, our local pizza place, the Geno's, is having a, a all-you-can-eat. I don't know if that's something they do every year, but this is news to me. Uh, Billy had sent uh, sent me the flyer. It's July 2nd, Sunday, 12 o'clock. You can bring the kids. They have free pizza and all that. That would be a great opportunity. You guys are probably busy uh, for the holiday weekend, but if you and Eric stopped in there, I'd be able to meet the two of you guys uh, for that. Uh, what do you mean all you can eat? How, how does a pizza place have all you can eat? Just come in and eat all you all you want? Well, well, I have free pizza before the contest. The contest is at 12. So I guess they're doing giveaways. You come in, they'll give you free pizza, right? Promoting. What then, contest? The contest is, I guess, all you can eat in a certain time frame. My buddy Billy sent it to me to try to do it, but I've been uh, dieting, you know, so that's a bad timing for me. Yeah. But, uh, All right. I don't know. It's, but anyway, I, I don't know. It's, I definitely want to meet you. I want to meet Eric uh, one of these days somehow, some way. I'll get out there. But uh, And the fourth thing is Scherzer. This is easy to play Monday morning quarterback. But, like, looking at his age, right, I know you're going to say it was short term, the money was worth it, you know, to, to sign him at the time. But looking back, a lot of guys are saying that it was red flags, you know, with, with the sticky stuff and all that. And his age. Do you, do you think that the organization will learn from that? And have a great day, Bob. Well, thank you. Well, thank you too, Brett. Happy birthday. We appreciate you checking in. I, I don't I don't recall the sticky stuff with Scherzer ever being an issue prior to the Mets signing him. The counter would be, who would you have wanted the Mets to get? Remember, at the time it wasn't, oh, the Mets shouldn't sign Max Scherzer. At the time it wasn't even a thought until it happened because nobody ever thought seriously the Mets would get Max Scherzer. They were still, oh, they lost out on Syndergaard or Steven Matz. And they went out and Steve Cohen went out and got the main guy on the market, Max Scherzer. 
Now, he's going to be 39 in July. So that means last year they got him at age 37. Obviously, he turned 38 during the season in July a year ago. So let's not make it like he's 40 years old. He's not. Verlander is. He'll be 39, but the Mets signed him at 37. Look, you know that there's a risk. Of course everybody thought, well, yeah, typically the Mets are going to get him now, and he's not going to be the same. Although last year to start the year, he was good before he got hurt. And he was even good when he came back. He had, unfortunately, his worst performances by far in the two biggest games, which they said was chalked up to injury after the fact. Problem is, what's the excuse this year? Joe is calling from Nutley. What's up, Joe? Hey, Sal. How are you? Good, Joe. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm just tired. I went to the game last night. A friend of mine hooked me up. We were right behind the Yankee dugout, so I think I probably lost my voice for a little bit. Nice. Um, I just want to say I absolutely love your show. I listen during the daytime when I'm working on the Odyssey app. I wish I could call more. I'm going to try to, but you're my favorite host. I love what you do and how you bring it. Um, I want to wish you a very happy Father's Day. Hope you have a great day. Um, I would love to meet you one day. I was actually at the game back in March at Port St. Lucie when the Mets played the Marlins. I was on vacation, too, with a buddy of mine. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to impose on them. But I don't know. Maybe at a Met game someday we can meet. I would absolutely just love to Will do, Joe. Days. I look forward to that. And I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. Thank you. It means Thank a lot you. to me. I appreciate you. You're welcome. So I wanted to ask you, with the Yankees, because – I still think that, and this will be a good uh, telling sign by the deadline, if they're happy with just getting to the playoffs and just taking a shot or if they really want to win the World Series. And to that end, I think we should, if we're not going to bring up Peraza now, I believe that we should start putting, we should put him at second base in the minors and see how good he does up until the deadline with an eye on trading Glaber. If you could, for a pitcher or an outfielder out of necessity, because we, you don't know when Nestor's going to come back. You don't know about Rodone. Um, and with Judge, yeah, Severino I mean, looks bad. You get Severino question marks with him. To your point, no Cortez. You don't know when Rodon's coming back. Yeah, they could use another arm. Look, I'm with you, Joe. I said it earlier. I don't know if you heard it. I would be yeah. looking. If I'm the Yankees, I'd be looking to bring Peraza up, have him play short, move Volpe to second, and trade Glaber. That's what I would do. Midseason? Like, you think it would be okay oh, to move I'd be starting Volpe to, I, I'd be starting to think that. I'd be starting to think along those lines. And Peraza's... Okay. I mean, Peraza's hitting his way. The only other way you could do it is if you have Peraza come up and play third base, but I believe he's a better defensive shortstop than Volpe, so why would you hurt your team? Remember, you know, this midseason stuff, the Yankees switched shortstops last year. And by the way, the Yankees don't have a good track record, Joe, with dealing with this. Would they move Glaber to short? Wrong. That was a mistake that I told you from day one. It didn't make sense. They thought IKF was a shortstop last year. Wrong. So they've been off on this evaluating of their shortstops here. Peraza's the better shortstop. And if he's hitting the way you know, that he is in the minors, he's going to earn his way up here at some point. You're going to have him play third or move him to short and move a struggling Volpe to second base. That, to me, would be their long-term goal. And why not do it this year if you feel like it, it could benefit the team? You could, but then what about Donaldson, LeMay, you and IKF? Someone, someone's going to have to go there. Oh, I mean, IKF, Lemay, forget got... about it. 
I I would trade Glaber is, is what we said, and uh, you know you right. can make Donaldson your DH and have Stanton play the outfield. By the way, I'm not sold on Donaldson or Lemayu being good either at this particular. Me neither. We're just stuck with him. Right. So I mean, you you don't need all of those guys. If you bring mm-hmm. Peraza up, have him play short, move Volpe, and thank you for the call, Joe, and we appreciate the kind words. If you bring Peraza up, have him play short, move Volpe to second, now you have to decide between Glaber, DJ, and Donaldson. There are three guys for essentially two spots, third base and DH. I would move Glaber, and probably because you get the most value back for Glaber Torres, and then figure out LeMayhew and Donaldson. You kind of you maybe play have Donaldson at third because of the glove, and you hope that his back could get going, maybe provide some power in the postseason. And with LeMayhew... If he doesn't hit, you, you bench him. But you always know that the potential to have that great bat is in there. I just feel like the, the Yankees, that was the Yankees' plan initially. Peraza at short, Volpe at second. Then because of Volpe's torrid spring and Peraza's bad spring, everything got changed. And now Volpe's struggling and Peraza's playing well again. Uh, I think that ultimately, long-term, that's their best. Now, will they do that midseason? Who knows? But long-term, I think that's their best team. Peraza, short, Volpe, that second. That does it for us. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who listened and called. I appreciate each and every one of you. Back again tomorrow night following the game, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Same place, same time, so we'll see you then. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.